to the 47th episode of Throwdown Thursday. I am your host, the one who's losing her voice at the moment. Some people call me Ironborn. Some people call me the Giggly Commander. I am Agent Nicole, and as always, I have my pain in the ass co-host, Patsy the Angry Nerd. I was really hoping that you would say some people call me Maurice, and some people call me <laughs> the Gangster. <laughs> Damn it, I should have. That, that would have been awesome. <laughs> and always, we have the lushiest lush in the Grand Guignol Network, the Mistress of Merlot, Ashes One Nightmare. So we're on episode 47. We're like in Cougarville right now as Holy far as episodes fuck. go, right? Keeping it foxy. To be fair, Ashes is only the luscious lust because they canceled Unchained. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, no, no, we, we've established on, on the episode of Unchained that I was on, we established that there's a difference between a, a drunk and a lush. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call you the luscious lust. Maybe... Uh, Maybe the uh, most luscious lust. Wow. Oh, but is I can it, say Wait a second. Is it possible to You'll level up? You'll get some leg tonight it for is. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I might even see some ankle. <laughs> Yum. And always. <laughs> I love it when Agent Nicole gets awkward. She's so cute. <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to say anything. Yum. <laughs> and always. The man with the velvet, velvet Lee voice. <laughs> velvet Lee, great singer. <laughs> That's my new car, the Velvet Lee. <laughs> oh, it's got shag carpeting and everything. Well, let's hope the uh, power doesn't go off this weekend, oh guys. Oh, my huh? God. Yeah, we, we don't need our base to be attacked by uh We've already got forces. a lot of problems today, so let's, <laughs> let's hope not. Oh. And, Patsy, we have... Two amazing guests tonight. We do, uh, and I actually wrote up a couple of uh, intros. Yes, for our because, guests because I suck and couldn't do it. <laughs> Listen, I got done with my work very, very early today, so I had some time to uh, procrastinate and then write it. You've the last had minute. two weeks. Yeah, you did. I don't care. I do. I do my best. I wrote our my wedding vows like about fifteen hours before we got married. What? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh you're what? so surprised. <laughs> Is Guess you're not seeing any ankle tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so I'm going I'm to go ahead and introduce our guests. Yes, please. Our first guest is one of the two most popular hosts of the Atomic Age Media Podcast. He loves Mad Max more than you love your family. He writes and performs many of the theme songs you hear on this show. He is Jeremy McFarlane. Hey, hey, everybody. How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm so excited. Yeah, we haven't had you on since that uh, brief moment we had you on uh, back at Rock and Shock. Yeah. So that was a while ago. And uh, we have a a second guest. You may have already heard his voice. Uh, He is a veteran of Grand Guignol Network podcasts. He is a winner of the Nobel Prize in supervillainy and chemistry. And once defeated a Templar Knight in solo combat... He is not Sir Isaac. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and this Thanks. is your, your first appearance This here. is my first appearance here. I feel a lot of love in this room. Yep, yep. Uh, there's a lot of wine flowing. That's just the heat. That it's a little hot in here. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you know, you guys are uh, obviously veterans. You know, Jeremy, you have your show. Uh, Isaac, you've been on pretty much every show in the network uh, when the network was around. I was almost going to be on Elm Street Kids, but then they decided they would rather cancel the entire show than have me on. Oh, so it's your fault. Wow. <laughs> Way to go. They Way kept to postponing it and postponing it eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it happens. 
So, as we do uh, on this show, we do our uh, our getting into character segment. And because there's two of you, we're going to do the same thing we did when we had uh, my brothers on. Uh, we're going to ask each of you three questions. And then, uh, since you guys are going to be joining us next week as well, we'll uh, finish it off and ask Spo- you two spoiler more. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I was letting them know. Okay. <laughs> hey, guess what, guys? Okay. You guys are going Guess what you're going to be. <laughs> I just got to fill this out on my calendar book. Thank you, Rexy. Yes. So, we're going to start with uh, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, describe to me your ideal Sunday. Ideal Sunday. Yeah, you know, like, well, you know, long walks on the beach, you know. Oh, wait, I thought you were no. talking about ice cream. No, no, no. <laughs> that was going to be my joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty low key, man. Just if, if I'm by myself, like I just want to. I have so many movies to catch up on that I've uh, like I bought recently, or shows that I like to catch up on. Um, it's usually just kind of just me uh, getting up as late as possible. So I don't get to sleep in very much, and uh, try to catch up on all the stuff that I've always wanted to watch. All right, there you go. So. I'm pretty. It's pretty low key stuff. Yeah, so. Isaac. Question for you: Would you prefer to have hands for feet or feet for hands? <laughs> hmm. Well, I guess chocolate and vanilla, and maybe some sprinkles on. T- oh, well, oh no. yeah, different. <laughs> <laughs> I will go with hands for feet. I think that's a better uh, option. Yeah. At least that way you, you can, can still pick things up. You can up. still type. I can yeah. continue working. Do you get to keep your normal hands? Yeah. It's either, you know, two sets of hands or two sets <laughs> of feet. You can easily play patty cake with both your hands and feet. The only I could is- think of more things you could do with your hands I wasn't going to say it. But <laughs> I assume this you, is a Ashes. family show. <laughs> you, you, you assumed wrong. It would, it would make drumming a lot more interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's a dreaded quadruple hand job. Watch out, Neil Pert. <laughs> Jeremy, question number two for you. Would you rather fight 52-year-olds or two 50-year-olds? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that again? <laughs> Would you rather fight 52-year-olds or two 50-year-olds? Oh, man, that sounds... Well, the 52-year-olds, I've done. I've actually done that before. I, haven't, well, I didn't fight them, but they tackled me. Um, I'll just take the two 50-year-olds. Like they're, they seem... That seems like it would be an interesting time. All right, I'm just letting you know that people that are getting up there to their 50s, you know, a guy like The Rock. I'm not saying you'd have to fight The Rock or like Stephen Lang, but you oh, know. well, you didn't, you didn't make, you didn't make it specific enough. Well, like, no, I'm oh, just oh, saying, like, they, don't assume that the that the 50 year old is just going to be this pushover. Like, yeah, but who would want to fight children? Like, that's pretty <laughs> shitty. That's way <laughs> easier. Like, wait, wait, wait. You have can you, pick have, up one and beat um, the rest of them. Have you the ever person. kicked a baby? It's quite satisfying. <laughs> And as a as a father, I you know I'm not sure Jeremy wants to fight children. I don't like. I don't. I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, man. But the, you know, if the, the 50 year olds have like some sort of, if they haven't taken care of themselves really well, and they've kind of, you know, really abused their body for 50 years, I think I could probably take them out. So, okay. Yeah. As a question two for you, uh, what supervillain would you most like to hench for? This could be any type of super. It could be a Bond villain. This could be a comic book villain. You know, it could be Gru from uh, Despicable Me. 
Because there's a lot to take into account. You know, what kind of layer do you have? You know, oh, what sure, kind of, sure. uh, you know, benefits package? You know, are you... Are you in a volcano lair that has a nice beach? Are you going to be underground? You know, are you going to be the type of henchman that you know, you know, okay, well, you're I, part of wave after wave going after the heroes? I have an answer for that. Okay. Thinking about, uh, I would hench for Tuco Salimakia of Breaking Bad. Okay. Because at the time he was a stroke victim, so it would be easy for me to choke him out and take over his empire. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Okay, Jeremy. Question number three for you, and I think I know the answer to this one. Yes, sir. If you could live in any movie universe, what would it be? Now, remember, you're you, but you yeah. get to go into any other movie universe. That's a really good question, too, man. That's so many. I mean, geez. When I was a kid, I, I wanted to live in that last action hero world, big time. Nice. Um, get that golden ticket, just go to any theater. Um, well, I mean... One of the answers, I mean, one of the big answers for me would probably be Mad Max, but I, I think I'm going to go with uh, the Lethal Weapon world. You know, I honestly thought that that's what you were going to pick. I really okay, did. Yeah. yeah, the saxophones playing, like, anytime you do something goofy or you fall down, saxophones play or a nice uh, guitar lick, uh, it'd, be, it'd be a blast. Yeah. Okay. Isaac, this is actually, a, a, I think this is a good question. Uh, what's your favorite book you've ever read? Oh, that's easy. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Nice. Can't stop here. This is a bad country. Love the book. Love the movie. I've never seen the movie, but I have read the book. Why do you love it so much? Um, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> he loves psychotropic <laughs> drugs. <laughs> you promised you'd never tell. Don't we all? If my parents hear about this, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't think your parents... <laughs> well, they, they definitely don't listen to Trick or Treat Radio. They're probably no, listening no, to this, No, they though. definitely don't, no. <laughs> I'm so grounded. Could I, Although, could I say one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. If you don't mind, I'm sorry. Um, I recently read, um, I'm not sure what number, I think it was three or four of the Books of Blood just recently. Uh, Clive Barker's Books of Blood. Yep. And uh, there's some there's some shit in there that like legitimately terrified me as a 31-year-old. So I definitely say that probably the Books of Blood or Night Shift, uh, uh, from uh, Stephen King is graveyard shift or night shift. One of those two, probably my favorite. It still scare me today. Yeah, night shift. Night shift had graveyard shift in it. That's why it's yeah, confusing. That's just the rats. With all, yeah, with all the rats. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for your honest answers. Um, we try to make these as entertaining and and uh, as eclectic as possible. You know, to kind of make you think <laughs> on your feet. Uh, I love them. I love it. Or your hands for feet. Yeah, your yeah. hands for feet. <laughs> your feet hands. You can read two books at once. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it's it's not so good if you're in a uh, if you're in like a like yeah, like an IT type uh, of job because they're gonna they're gonna expect you to be twice as productive because you can't wear regular shoes. Your feet will be dirty all the time. Your hands. I mean, <laughs> That's true. You could high five someone. I don't Dirty, know. Would, grimy hands. <laughs> would you ever be able to play soccer? I don't think you'd be able to play soccer at any time because it's always a handball. Well, wear gloves. Well, yeah, gloves. Well, no, but it's always a handball. Like you're not allowed to touch the ball with your hands in <laughs> no. soccer. Okay. Yes, oh, I'm so glad you said soccer. <laughs> yes, but that's, <laughs> but that's okay because this is America. That's true. Nobody cares about soccer in America. That's true. It's true. I, Fuck FIFA. Like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You would be an amazing goalie. 
I you try. would set the Guinness World Record for longest handstand. This is true. That's consistent. Yeah, so... So I, think, I, don't, I don't think that brings in the fortune and the glory as much as you think it does. Listen, if you walk into a bar and you're like, ladies, guess what I've got? You know, you bring your Guinness Book of World Records. I don't know. What do they give you? A plaque? A trophy? I have no idea. I think it'd be better if you just bought them a Guinness. Yeah, that might work, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so do you guys have any other uh, follow-ups to this? Nicole, I know you are definitely not trying to conserve your voice at all. More questions? Like anything, you know, like what, you know. Well, you didn't tell me who was doing the questions. I had questions too. Well, what uh, what questions do you have? Uh, we can wait for next episode. Oh my god. I, I told have you a I question. did 10 questions. I have yes. a question. What's your question? This is for for both of them, for Jeremy and Mr. Isaac. Um, if you could portray any character, any character, who would you portray and why? You mean like star in a movie? Yeah, like like either movie, either like play a character, voice a character. It doesn't have to even be in in a in a movie or a TV show. It can be it can be a book. It can be anything. If you could be any character, like who would you be and why? That's a good question. Okay. Well, since he's stepping down, I gotta go for go for the big time Wolverine. Yeah, nice. One of my child favorite uh, favorite characters from childhood. Can do, do you got the do you got the the moves down? The, I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm I've got a Tybo videotape. I think I can learn a lot from that. <laughs> Billy Blanks has such sights to show you. Yes. <laughs> I do my sweat into the oldies a couple times a week. See, I got I, I got really confused with that because when I got sweat into the oldies, like there was like a, a, a price tag over the S and the W. I'm like, eat into the oldies. I can do this exercise. <laughs> what about you there, uh, Jeremiah? Uh, um. There's a lot of great ones, so it's, it's such a great question. Um, um, geez. Well, I, I make it. I guess I make it apparent too often, but I'd, I'd probably play. I'd probably do. Um, uh, I, I think Max uh, Rockatansky from the Mad Max series of films is a great character. He's, he has to um, emote quite a uh, amount of different emotions. He seems, you know, he's kind of like a Robin Hood almost in a way. Um, maybe not if he wants. To be that Robin Hood, it turns out at the end of the day he ends up saving a lot of lives, kids. Um, even though he's kind of left in the dust, he gets you know he knows that um, they'll be in a better place. You know they they can go on like live start a new life somewhere else. He's kind of like you know in Thunderdome he he's freed a lot of people from there. And again he gets left in the dust, but all these kids get to live a a, a great a better life than and what the, they were living before. In the whole so. scene with Master Blaster, yeah. Oddly yeah, enough, you know, he says he says he says blast. I mean, a master, but you know, blaster he, he dies. But yeah, you know, so he gets he gets you know, master gets to teach all. He's a, he, obviously the smart one. He gets to teach all those kids how to read, and they get to teach him how to be a kid and stuff like that. It's a it's a good character. So, what were you gonna say, Isaac? Well, he mentioned that a Mad Max will uh, help kids and uh, put send them into a better place. And it occurred to me that if you beat up fifty two year olds, you'd probably have to spend the rest <laughs> of your life say, telling yourself that they're in a better place. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, Agent Nicole. Patrick. What are we talking about today? We haven't mentioned that yet. Well, in anticipation of a wonderful series that is coming back on Showtime on May 21st. Sunday. 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 Um, Twin Peaks. We're going to talk about David Lynch's creation of Twin Peaks and the... Amazing protagonist of the show, Dale Cooper. 
And he was the one from the TV show Hanging with Mr. Cooper, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I remember watching yes. that show. <laughs> so Hanging I think- out. Hanging out with Mr. Cooper. Yeah, why is there a horse on the table? Do we question whatever's the on mystery? the table? That's just part of the mystery. Yeah. All right, just, so let's... Just, hold on a second. Just so the audience knows, there's a plush Kermit the Frog doll currently humping a Godzilla monster, King and he's Kidora. wondering he's why not... there's a horse on the table. <laughs> he's not humping. He's, he's getting a piggyback. I stand corrected. <laughs> there's a Kermit the Frog doll... Getting a piggyback from a Godzilla monster, <laughs> and Patsy would like to know why there's a little horsey on the table. Okay, the horse is new. This it's just is horsing around. There. Nicole oh doesn't feel well. She's a little horse. Oh the, the horse actually isn't new. It, it's been here for months, but I, I found it on the floor the other day. So <laughs> see, it was on the, I don't look at the floor. Is that one of Dynamo's toys? No, uh, it, it wasn't candy, so he didn't pick it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he thought it was chocolate covered at first and yeah. tried to eat it. That's why there's bite marks in everything yep. here. No, it was from Tom C when he was a guest on Unchained. Jesus Christ! He just thought it'd be fun, funny to put a horse on the table and leave it there. I feel like we need to we need to make a contribution. To the table of the Grand Guignol Network. He was most fascinated by what was underneath it. Oh, oh. my God! It's a black cock. <laughs> it's, it's an anatomically correct uh, horse. Wow! <laughs> Is it safe to say he's hung like a horse? Oh my ah. God! Waka waka. So I think with that being said, <laughs> let's take a break. Talk about yeah. a black beauty. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Shit. Ugh. Uh, Movie's brutal. Yeah, so let's let's uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll talk about uh, Dave Cooper. Dave. Dave. Dale. 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 Jesus Christ, you know, Dale. Chip and, Chip Chip's and Dale. brother. Yeah, Chip and Chip and Dale Cooper. The, the rescue angels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a he's a FBI guy, right? Yes. Yep. So he's Agent Cooper. So he's, he's going to get fired to Agent next. Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's correct. Wikipedia, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's yeah, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Dale, somebody, Chip and Dave, Chip and Dave. Okay, hold on, hold on. Shh. 
shut up over there. Before we get into this Dale Cooper discussion, Mr. Angry Nerd needs to get something off his chest. So get it off your chest right, now so we can quick. have her. It, it, All right. Before we got here, Ashes and I stopped at Stop and Shop to get a couple of things to drink. And, you know, a lot of places will have, like, beer pong sets, you know, with the ping pong balls and little red cups. Yeah. So I came across one, and it's miniature ping pong balls and miniature red cups, and it's for ages six up. And they want you to believe, okay, that this is for, ooh, Hiding the ball in the cup. Oh, let's see. Which one is this under? Kind of like a three-card Monty type thing? No, that's bullshit. There's no way that that's what they wanted. They are trying to get little kids to play beer pong. Have you ever played, like, Life and Monopoly card games How old are they life? supposed to because become beer pong champions how, yeah. if you don't start them at a young age? Correct. Listen, if I played beer pong at six years old, school would have been so much more <laughs> right? So much more fun. Relaxing. That's what I'm saying. Like, these kids, like... They're lightweights. They don't understand how to how to how to drink, and like they just drink to excess <laughs> and then die. Okay, and like that's what happens when you get to college and you have no experience with these things. It's uh, like you know you need to you need to have a job. You know you have to have experience before you have a job. All so, right, you're done. Listen, you're done. How else are they going to win tournaments? That's true. Right. Like, seriously, like, some people can't be natural, <laughs> like I am at beer pong. You are terrible. I was no, on no. my team, and you were awful. Once upon a time, I used to... That's because I got classy, and I was like, you know what? Drinking games, just not for me. But once upon a time, back in 2007, I won the Hurley Hall Beer Pong Championship in college. Wow. So Good job. Awesome. In your face. So see, that's why you have to start it young. Listen, pretty young. Patsy, not everybody's born Irish. You that's true. I mean? <laughs> uh, Jeremy, I'll be sending one of these for uh, for Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can can play. They actually do use those in school. That's not a joke. Really? Yeah. Is it one of those like um kind of like hand eye coordination type yeah. things yeah, like, like like paying like attention? Like you solve, yeah. You solve a problem, you know. It's like they put the number on the ball and it's like. They have an equation, then the ball has the, no- the correct number on it, and they lift it up, and it's the correct number. Oh, that's kind of rad. Yeah, so and I smoke okay, pot because can... I have glaucoma. <laughs> <laughs> so, Agent Nicole, yeah. what are we talking about today? All right, so with the anticipation of Twin Peaks coming up in a few days on Sunday, we are going to talk about Agent Cooper. Dave. So- <laughs> From Wendy's? I'm going to cut you. <laughs> <laughs> You already pissed me off earlier today. Do not start with me. If that happens, let's go Facebook Live. <laughs> Wait, let me just make sure that the insurance policy that I took out on him that's is all why set. And, uh, that's why I'm waiting. Good to go. That's why I'm waiting for you to make sure that's installed. Because you know, oh, oh, is that what you're waiting for? Okay, let me let me I think let me. Of the greater good. I'll have, I'll have my people call your people. Okay, okay. I am your people. <laughs> She's got other people. <laughs> you can't afford other people. All right, Twin Peaks is a serial drama created by Mark Frost and David Lynch that premiered on April 8, 1990 on ABC. It went from April 8, 1990 to May, uh, June 10, 1991. It was one of the top-rated shows on, in the 90s, but declining ratings led to the cancellation after the second episode. 
Um, the new season of Twin Peaks will be airing on Showtime on May 21st, 2017 with an 18-episode run that will last till September 3rd, 2017. I have to interrupt you. You said cancellation of the second episode. Did you mean second season? Second season. Okay. Cause I was, oh, okay. I was like, well, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm probably a little no because they've done for- well they've done that with shows it's like oh you've had two episodes oh, yeah. yeah this sucks yeah. you can finish out the season but you know you're done I'm you're blaming like, we're the not cough renewing. medicine for this but anyways before we get into buying Z packs everywhere <laughs> let's not talk about that I got no twenty dollars to spend on Z packs um, before we talk about Dale <clears throat> Dale Cooper and his portrayal in the show. Let's go around the table. How were you introduced to Twin Peaks? And because Ashes and I have, this is our first time watching anything with David Lynch, um, any of his stuff. So, Jeremy, I know that you are a huge David Lynch fan. So, how were you introduced to the show of Twin Peaks? Well, this is your first David Lynch? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, I'd be really interested to hear what you guys say about his, his films. It'd be interesting. Um, I, when I, was, I was a kid when the when the show came out, and uh, my mom did watch it here and there. Um, when I was, I didn't know what it was about, but I, I was interested. When I was fifteen, I actually worked at Kroger. There's a grocery store up here called Kroger, and uh, I actually worked in the meat department. And there's this guy that worked there. He did. Um, he was one of the the butchers over there, and uh, we used to talk about movies quite a bit. And um, he's like, "You ever seen Twin Peaks?" I'm like. No, but I remember my mom watching that here and there back in the day. And he brought me the whole... Um, if you haven't seen it before, you should check it out. It's pretty cool looking. So the whole uh, box, VHS box set mm-hmm. of uh, Twin Peaks. And he brought uh, Fire Walk with me as well, the movie. And um, <clears throat> I watched it religiously. I, I actually had... My parents had two uh, VCRs, and I copied them. All the se- the whole first season i don't know if even the second season was out on vhs then but i watched that first season um and um once you watch some lynch you can see a lot you see a lot of lynch mm-hmm. uh, mo- a lot of lynch and and dale cooper um in particularly but yep. um it's it's um for me um i have you know top five shows it's, it's in there and it's it's a masterpiece I, I would consider it a masterpiece for sure i mean to a point it's a masterpiece <laughs> Awesome answer. How about you, Mr. Isaac? Thank you, Major Nicole. It's funny. I thought the chrono- uh, my chronology was off. I thought I had watched it while I was in college, but if it was on from 90 to 92, then I would have been in high school when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I missed the first there, season. There's also a lot of replays as well because yeah. it did get replayed on, I, I want to say, like IFC or Sundance or... No, I, I, I saw it. I know I, when I did watch okay. it, it was on network television. All right. Uh, I missed the first season, and oddly enough, I didn't start watching it until after they announced who the killer was. I'm not sure why, but I just that was just the point where I started watching it, and it was dark and weird and strange, and I was all for it. <laughs> and I just kept watching it from there till the end. Awesome answer. Uh, I was, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just saying awesome answer. <laughs> oh, um, I was also interested because when the credits play, it says Mark Frost. And at that time, I was watching uh, X Files. I know Mark, Mark Frost wrote on X Files as well, so that, that was made me more interested in it. I can see, time. I can see the uh, the influence there. Yeah. All right. How about you, Patsy? I know that before we decided on Dale Cooper as the topic of today, you had been kind of familiar with Twin Peaks. I had heard of it. 
And I knew that it centered around the murder of Laura Palmer, and that was it. That was all I knew. Um, However, I have seen Lynch movies before, Mulholland Drive and uh, Blue Velvet. So I see a lot of that. It's funny. I see a lot of that in uh, Twin Peaks, but Twin Peaks came out before Mulholland Drive. I think Mulholland Drive came out in 93, 94, somewhere in there. No, it's two, almost 2000. Almost. Oh, was it? All right. So yeah. it's funny because like, I see it's like, oh, yeah, this you know was clearly influenced by this movie that came out 10 years later than the show. But yeah. you, know, you definitely see, you know, in, in watching it with Ashes, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, watch this. Like, red is a really important color. Like, anytime something red is mm-hmm. is on screen, like, that's... I mean, you definitely, like you were saying, Jeremy, you see a lot of overlap between, uh, you know, Lynch's stuff. Like, you see his, uh, like, his universe. Kind of like, uh, you know, you know you're watching a Tarantino movie or you know you're watching a Robert yeah. Rodriguez yeah. movie. Like, you can see, like, the same beats over and over again and... It's cool because, like, they're never done in the exact same way. And it's funny, you know, I, I mentioned Tarantino without even, you know, thinking, like, uh, yeah, Michael Parks was in this, too, who is, you know, obviously a mainstay in, in the Tarantino-verse. But, you know, I, I was I was very interested, but I started watching it, and I was trying to be, like, I'm going to pay attention to every little thing. Like, <laughs> what hand is that guy writing with? And, you know... Is his shoe untied? And then it's just like I was getting too wrapped up in it, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, wait a minute, who's that guy? I know that guy from this, and it's like you know, like when you see the giant for the first time, it's like that guy was in Adam's family and Adam's. He was Lurch and Adam's, but the first thing I thought of was Men in Black. The first, the first one. Oh yeah, you're right about that. He was like the weird tall guy. Like that's, I think that's what his all his credits are: weird tall guy. I, I think that uh, Lynch also carried some stuff over from Blue Velvet. Summer in Blue Velvet, he talked a lot about. He was more interested in seeing what's going on underneath suburban life, and you can tell that Twin Peaks is very much of a very much a suburban neighbor like area town. Yeah, and uh, a lot of dark shit happening in that town, just like there was in Blue Velvet. Yeah, like you know, it starts off again. Kyle MacLachlan, if I if I remember correctly, is in Blue Velvet. Yep, and it yep. starts yeah. off with him finding an ear in a field. Yes, yep. mm-hmm. and it's like. Yeah. That's kind of not your everyday thing, but <laughs> and, that's, and that's before Dennis Hopper shows up. Yeah. yeah. Oh Jesus, yeah. Dennis Hopper and his fucking yes. ether. McLaughlin um, was in Dune and Blue Velvet. Yes. So he was kind of like, he's kind of like a mainstay of. Well, also um, and and uh, uh, Showgirls. Big, Big Ed was in uh, Dune as well. I forget his the actor the actor's name right now, but I'd have to Big Ed. Yeah, I'd have to look um, at that again. Everett McGill is. Yeah, he's in Big Dune Ed. as well. Yeah. All right, Ashes, since you and I are the first to be introduced to David Lynch's work, what did you think of Twin Peaks for the first time? What the fuck did I watch? <laughs> we haven't even finished yet. We're on yeah. episode, like... We're, we're getting there. We're 10 or like, 11? Uh, 12, 12, 12, 13 of, yeah. of season two. So, so we've seen about 20 we're episodes. We're getting there. Um, yeah, so this is my my first glimpse into the world of David Lynch. First and foray. What an interesting yet fucked up person he must be. <laughs> like, I would love to have a conversation yeah, with him. absolutely. Um, I, oh, yeah, he's super interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I love it. 
Like I love it. I it, nothing makes sense. Everything is everywhere. Um, little things you have to look for for so many little things, and and there's a lot of callbacks and stuff. And I really like that because it you know as as somebody who really enjoys like really gets invested in what they're watching. There's always something going on and something to look at. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's all over the place. Yeah. However, at the same time. I hate the fact that it's all <laughs> over the place yeah. and it's not linear. And yeah. my, my science-based uh, way of, of, of thinking is trying to put everything yeah. together and trying to, you know, connect the dots. Okay, oh, yeah. who's the killer? Why is the killer? You know, yeah. what's going on? Why is this person this? Yeah. Holy fuck, is that an alien? Like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> you know, so, so I love the fact that it's so abstract and so creative. But at the same time, I hate the fact that it's so abstract and so creative and we were um, having a brief discussion before excuse me before uh, recording how I feel that Twin Peaks is so brilliant in the fact that there is so much going on and there are so many little details that the rewatch factor is high like I yeah. I oh, haven't yeah. even oh, yeah. made it through like I mean yeah. I, I plan on watching the uh, Firewalk with me movie I plan on checking out the new series the revival coming out yeah. but I'm already anticipating rewatching the first two seasons yeah. of the show you For know sure. to see if I can pick up on, on little things and see if I can be like okay you know I, I kind of made a I made a guess of who the killer was <laughs> and I was correct but now I'm trying to figure out like why did I cor- you know why did I correctly guess who the killer yeah. was like why am I why am I picking up on these certain things yeah. so I'm already planning on rewatching it yeah. I think that the characters are so well developed yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, uh, I'm I'm a fan of Kyle Kyle McLaughlin anyways oh, yes. because I'm a uh, Sex and the Trey City McDougal. fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan of Sex and the City <laughs> and he portrayed uh, Trey McDougal, Dr. Trey McDougal, who ends up being Charlotte York's uh, ex-husband. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, for me Alrighty. <laughs> for me, I know with your science background and everything for me with my psychology degree and my sci- psychology and uh, profiling. I was the same way. I'm trying to think. There had I like I have to understand like with David Lynch. You have to go into his work open minded because you're obviously you're not gonna know. He, he's gonna go. He's gonna make you go through this freaking roller coaster of hell of trying to figure things out, trying to subplots here there, but everything does come together. So I'm like, okay, everything kind of comes together, but then at the very end, I was pissed. Like a legit piss. <laughs> I I remember writing a Facebook study saying, "What the hell? Wait, actually, what the blah 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 blah?" Because I'm like, this can't end the way it is. Like it had ended. I mean, and spoiler, we are going to talk about some spoilers on the show. But, anyways, I I love the work. I love the acting. I love the symbolisms throughout the entire um, television show. The acting for all like the acting and the relationships that each character has with certain people is great but it's it's like a freaking mind fuck when you are you're into this for me i was told not to watch it i had a friend who was like oh it's so overrated like you shouldn't watch it and i was like go fuck yourself i'm gonna see if it's just gonna be good or not and within the first episode i was hooked i was hooked i was like okay this is this is good and Kyle McLaughlin, whew, handsome motherfucker. Right, he's a foxy man. Yeah, and he just, I was drawn by how, and we'll talk about it, but like, I felt like Dale Cooper when I was watching it, because it's like, you're brought into this world where you don't know what's going to happen, but it's like, it's majestic, it's 
mysterious it's mystical you're just like wow okay like i'm drawn to drawn into this story like he's drawn to twin peaks so um so let's talk about mr dale cooper so dale cooper his real name is dale bartholomew cooper Lynch, who's a Washington native, was inspired by the story of D.B. Cooper from the 1971 plane hijacked, which the media dubbed the guy D.B. Cooper. So Because they never knew his name and they never found him. Yeah. So right. they were like, hey, I'm going to play on words with that. Um, hi. Uh, wow, I'm having a mind, mind blank. You're talking uh, about Dave Cooper. Yes. <laughs> Dale Cooper, he's highly intelligent, determined, and... He's a capable investigator. He lacks skepticism and indirect con. con- oh, sorry, I am not with it right now. Sound out the words. We're with oh, you. Okay. Okay. Um, like you said, Jeremy, he has a lot of David Lynch's quirks. Um, according to M- M- Mark Frost, he said that he's just basically based on Lynch. He is described yeah. as a modern day Sherlock Holmes. Um, throughout his childhood, he always had a tape recorder, which is really interesting when I found out because obviously in the pilot episode, 20 minutes in, we are shown Dale Cooper, you know, coming into this town and he's talking to Diane and he's saying, you know, hey, this is what's going on in Twin Peaks. You know, this is this is how much gas was. This is my lunch. He's recording everything. And throughout his life, he detailed every adventure he had. His first adventure was um, he was investigating the 40, uh, 24th Street Gang who stole one of his friend's bikes. Um, McLaughlin said that he views Cooper as an older version of his character in Blue Velvet. Um, oh. Yeah, which was, I, I was really interested. That's cool. I can't really see that. Why is that? Well, the, his character in Blue Velvet tends to show a little more emotion. Yeah. Uh, now, so whereas one of the things I love about uh, Agent Cooper is he's almost relentlessly chipper. Mm-hmm. Almost in kind of like a, like a British character. You might say, well, the house burned down, but we're all still alive. <laughs> Let's go get some damn fine coffee, shall we? <laughs> he does. That he, sort of, and, and the way he portrays it, that sort of always up persona, it's almost alien. Yeah. In a strange yeah. way. I think... Yeah. What uh, what he meant was, if you look at you know Cooper, who's not always, but like there's always these veiled references to what happened to him before in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You can kind of equate that with his relationship with Isabella Rossellini in Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Yeah. So if you if you look at it that way. You know, maybe the, not so much the outward, like how he uh, carries himself, but more the experiences that led him to that point. Okay, I can see that. It's been a while since I've re- since I've watched Blue Velvet, so I'm just taking your guys' word on. It. I just yeah, because he was long. very emotional in that one, very attached, as opposed to now where he's detached. You know, he's like you know shaking everybody's hand when he's getting ready to leave. Like, there's no like. Emotional mm-hmm. hugging, like, hey, you're a great guy. Hey, you're a swell dame. You better invite me to your wedding. You know, like, all that yeah. that type <laughs> right. of stuff. But he, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, but he's in the, in, in the first film that he's in, in the um, Blue Velvet, he's much more like, like a fresh, you know, not innocent so much, but, like, he's, he's very... Uh, 
very much ruled by his emotions where in in Twin Peaks he keeps them in check for the most part. See, yeah. it's, it's that's the strange thing about the character is that the way he talks, he always talks in superlatives. You know, that coffee is in- amazing, amazing coffee. You know, they got the best cherry pie, tremendous. Aubrey, that your perfume is incredible. But at the same time, you don't get the impression that it's phony. Now, like, I was, no. one of the things I was thinking about when I, I, he was talking is uh, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Yes. And how sure. that character is completely phony when he's talking. Whereas with Cooper, you get the feeling that he just he has a real love for life, and he really does think this is great coffee. He really does like the perfume. He really, you know, he, he just loves the town. He's like a Gomer that's, pile. That, that's how yeah. he expresses it. I think also, you know, he spent most of his life in the city, so he's going into this unknown area, this urban area, and everything is just like, wow, the people are like this, and like. And he wants to buy a house. Yeah, he wants to buy a house later on in season two. And, you know, you you see him opening his eyes like, oh, there's a different world out here. This is what's outside of the city life, the FBI life that, you know, he's so used to dealing with. Right. I thought I thought the same thing, because, you know, I know like when uh, Patsy and I go on vacation, um, you know, we we go away from, you know, our our normal life or our our typical, you know, so you almost have more of an an appreciation for certain things like, you know, uh, we usually go to the Cape and, you know, we hit up a, a Christmas tree shop. Now, we have a Christmas tree shop not too far from us, but that's the best Christmas tree shop we've ever seen, ever. Yeah. You is. know? Um, and so I, I kind of, I got that. Like, he has kind of has like a chip on his shoulder, yeah. almost. But at the same time, you know, when you're um, so used to something, and, you know, I thought initially that maybe he had gone through something. Like, maybe mm-hmm. there was something to his backstory that yeah. kind of made him... You know, the way that he was, because you're getting this right off the bat. As soon as you're introduced to this character, he's just talking. He, he's, you know, waxing poetically about this cherry pie that yeah, he had, yeah. you know, um, just somebody who's really uh, grateful for the little things. And mm-hmm. you tend to be, you know, when you're removed from your everyday situation, you tend to act the same way. Mm-hmm. I know? agree. And like mm-hmm. what you said, where he might have dealt with something like we do see that a lot with his relationship with Audrey Horn. Like I feel like the most of season one is other than the murder case of Laura Palmer, you see this attraction between Dale Cooper and Audrey Horn, which, you know, a lot of people were like, yes, like have them get together, have to get together. But unfortunately McLaughlin was not interested in having his character fall in love or be with an 18 year old on the show. But you know, was the character 18? I was because I wasn't sure about was, that because she was in high school. Yeah, yeah she that, was, they made the yeah. character yeah. was 18. Yeah, that's the weird. I always, well, I always. Well, they, another, another weird thing is, is that like they're in high school for a, a, a good a good handful of episodes, but then like high school they stopped. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> they just like played hooky for most of the time on that show. And well, they go to bars and they just served all the time. Well, the, the actors on that show looked like they belonged in high school. Like the cast of Animal House looked like they belonged in college. If yeah, you know yes. what I mean. yeah. Yep. But more believable in college, though. Yeah, yeah. And but to get back to Dale Cooper's, he Dale Cooper and Audrey Horn he made sure he wasn't in that relationship because he already suffered a major loss, which we talk, um, we see in season two with, um, he had fallen in love with his partner's wife, 
um, Wyndham Earl, who was basically his mentor throughout the FBI, and he tells the story to Harry S. Truman of like, this is why I don't get attached to people because I lost the love of my life. She died in my arms while I was getting stabbed. And we later learned that Wyndham Earl had killed his wife and stabbed Agent Cooper because, you know, he found out about the affair. And so we do see that, see that, see him just kind of like separate from Audrey Horn and that relationship where, you know, they're, they end up being just friends throughout the second season. And a little yeah. bit of a rumor is that um, during the time Kyle MacLachlan and Lara, uh, Lara Flynn Boyle were actually dating at the time. And she kind of pushed him to kind of like, you know, hey, don't have that relationship with the actress. Sher- um, Cheryl Sher- Flynn. Yeah, Cheryl Flynn, because the two actresses were kind of at each other so they didn't get along. Is it because the chick who played Audrey was prettier? I probably. <laughs> that's, that's weird because she's not because Laura Flynn Boyle's not coming back. Yeah. I mean, Cheryl and Finn is. Yeah, so it'll be God. interesting to see what happens with that relationship. But, um... You know, one of the things I really like a lot, a lot about the, about Cooper, about Coop's um, attitude is that he comes to this town this town is, you know, it's got majestic ferns and trees, and it's got great coffee and great cherry pie, and there's this death. This this woman, this girl wrapped in a plastic bag mm-hmm. and stuff, and like he's so used to the body, the dead bodies, mm-hmm. and he's not used to all he's not used to all the great coffee and cherry pie and, and hospitality that everybody recommends to him, you know, to the great north and northern and everything like that. It's a very interesting, uh, one of the multiple different interesting things about Agent Cooper. Yeah, and I to piggyback on that the way he interacts with the law enforcement you know he treats them as equals not just because he's an fbi agent that hey like i'm greater than you he treats everyone as an equal especially with his relationship or quote-unquote bromance with harry s truman like you see where he you know they have great respects for one another and even the law enforcement in twin peaks is you know he knows what he's doing he knows what's going on and you see that great dynamic and he has a great dynamic with the entire cast i mean the entire crew on that show and the he had like dale cooper is you know interacting with um truman and he's cure you know he you see him you know concerned about lucy and her problems and mm-hmm. you know he and, and andy he wants to help andy with this with the shooting yeah get better at shooting and everything like yeah and you know he he's concerned after a few days you know of being in this town like he feels like he's already part of the town like he's got everybody's back he's get everybody's can you know everybody's you know emotions and like he wants to do something good and try to figure out this case quickly because you know it's affecting these people yeah i feel like he you know his character um as an fbi agent has seen his fair share of heartbreak and death Mm -hmm. so he's really just relishing the fact that he can celebrate other people's lives while he's here in twin peaks knowing that a he's making a difference in these people's lives he's you know trying to solve this murder you know and and bring uh peace uh, to the families, but at the same time, he's making friends and he's kind of, you know, providing positive, you know, positivity to these people, and you know, thus enriching his own life at the same time. Yeah, I, you know, and I—that's one of the things definitely. that I really, I really enjoyed about this character. Like, 
you know, he kind of has a chip on his shoulder, but at the same time, like he's lovable and you Ooh. see him getting invested in the people of Twin Peaks, like right off the bat. And it's almost like, you know, he'll, he'll be your friend until he believes you're a suspect. Yeah. And even then, you know, I've never seen suspects treated so nicely, oh, I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I, there's just this uber likable factor about this character. I definitely agree. Um, one of the questions I have for everybody on this table is, what is one of your favorite moments relating or episodes relating to Dale Cooper? There's a lot of wonderful moments that he has throughout the show. For me, on, on episode nine, season two, um, the show title, uh, Arbitrary Law, the final moments where we find out who killed Laura Palmer, and he's the last couple of scene, the last scene where he's holding Leland Palmer in his arms and, you know, telling him, go to the light, you know, his Tibetan mythology, the techniques, you know, he's telling him, like, you know, go, it's okay, like, you know, you're going to find comfort. And I think that's one of the best scenes throughout that show because, you know, it ties in so much of who Dale Cooper is. Like, you know, we see him kind of, you know, he's quirky and he's, you know, sometimes stiff, but like you see him kind of break down that wall of emotion of like, you know, this person's dying in my arms, like help him go through that emotion of like, it's okay to let go. Like you, it's not your fault really. Like you got this, like go to the light. And that's one of my favorite moments of Dale Cooper. How about you, Isaac? Okay. Um, I think it was the third or fourth. I was watching some of the episodes last night. I think it was the end of the third one. It was the one where he has the uh, the first dream in the Black Lodge with the midget, and yes. he sees uh, Laura Palmer, but the midget says it's his cousin. Yeah. And he wakes up from it, and he grabs the phone, he calls Harry, mm-hmm. and I just laughed my ass off when he, he calls Harry up, and he says, Harry, meet me for breakfast tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I know who killed Laura Palmer. Mm-hmm. No, it can wait till morning. <laughs> Cut to the credits. Just that. That's a no, I'm scene. not going to tell you who murdered her over the phone. We can wait till breakfast. You know, that, yeah, that sort of. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> I know this is the case we're working on, but. Eh. You know, let's eat a good breakfast before we really dive into this mystery. Yeah, well, really- what's even better is the next morning. Yeah. When he's talking to him about it, it doesn't tell it's he doesn't actually know who killed Laura Palmer. But if we can decipher my dream, Harry, yeah. Yeah. If we can decipher <laughs> yeah. my dream. And we really, I really like I the, that after we talk about the famous, I like to talk about Cooper's detective style. Yeah, if we yeah, can yeah, afterwards. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, sure. There's yeah. a lot. Um, Jeremy, how about you? Oh, definitely my favorite. Well, there's a ton of them, but my favorite scene where he brings Lucy and Andy and uh, Hawk and everybody out there and Truman. Uh, to that, um, it's like a park or something like that. He, he's oh, talking yeah, about yeah. this Tibetan, Tibetan way to breaking things down to rule things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has he has hawk like wear like oven mitts. He's like, no, no, don't pick up that pail. Put the oven mitts on. Put the oven mitts on. And he's holding the oven mitt in a pan full of rocks, and he's hitting, showing out a bottle. He's, he's, he's crossing people off. The, it's, it's such an awesome scene because they all go with him. They all yeah. do it. It's like it's like this. You know, whatever he says, it makes sense. Yeah. And the scene itself is, is great and surreal because you've got, you know, they're out in the middle of the woods. There's a blackboard. <laughs> yeah. There's a little yeah. display with donuts all set yeah. up. You know Lucy had mm-hmm. to have put them there. One side of the blackboard has a giant picture of Tibet. Yeah. And it yeah. all makes sense. Yeah. In its yeah. own strange way, it makes sense. Yeah. Ashes, what about you? Um, 
Well, uh, mine is actually the same as Jeremy's uh, <laughs> because uh, I just absolutely love how he's this detective. And I'm not going to go too far into it because I do want to have that discussion about his detective mm. techniques yep. and stuff. Um, but he's this detective, but he's so like unorthodox yeah. uh, in the sense that, you know, he has this whole like Tibetan theory and way mm. of dealing with things. And he follows his instincts and deciphers dreams. And he's very spiritual, which is weird. And I, I kind of appreciate that because, mm. you know, I kind of, I, I see, you know, in that one scene, I'm like, okay, I, I gotcha. I get it. Yeah. You know, because, you know, being a scientific based person, you know, you, you, you think, you know, ABC, but you know, you could have a spiritual side and, you know, being of the witchy mm-hmm. persuasion, you yeah. know, I kind of, I, I, yeah. I got him. I, I kind of, you know, a lot of his personality came out in that one scene. Not mm-hmm. only was it humorous, sure. yeah. um, you know, playing against some of the other characters and stuff, but the fact that he was open to a different way of thinking and, you know, kind of not so much turned his back on uh, what he learned in the FBI, but, you know, was open to, you Three. know, the, the, the thing, you know, this, this theory that there's more to it, you know, kind of like a transformer more that meets the eye, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I have to agree with Jeremy. I really like that scene. And you, Patsy? For me, it's, uh, there's a couple of scenes. Um, you know, the, obviously the, uh, the first scene where he's, Lying on the ground, half half dead. He's been shot, and he sees the giant appear in his room, and he's having a conversation with him. But right before that, like the giant reveals like all these like cryptic messages to him. But right before that, he's like, you know, there's a there's an old man that comes <laughs> into the room, yeah. and he's like, oh, your warm milk is gonna get cold, and he's like laying there, half dead, bleeding all over the place. He's like, eh, and he's I've seen walking you out. before. Yeah, he's like thumbs, giving him thumbs up, and then he leaves. And then he comes back into the room, gives him another thumbs up, and then he leaves, and then he comes back again and does the same shit. It's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> he has him like sound like a like a like a um, what does he have him sign? He's like, will you sign this? Oh yeah, um, and yeah. gives him a generous tip. Yeah. Generous tip. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Oh, sign this for the for the room service." Yeah. He's like, "Oh, yeah. uh, okay." Um, and that, and it's got to be the scene where uh, actually the one we just saw, where he. Uh, He's officially suspended because he went across state lines to do something. He's like, well, you know, I did what I did. I did, you know, with the best intention. So, you know, uh, I'll defend myself in court if I have to, but I'm not going to, you know, say that I did this for this reason or did it for that reason. I This is why I did it. Was it out of my jurisdiction? Maybe. But I would do it again. He's like, I, I wait your guy's decision. And he puts his badge down and he takes off good scenes okay so let's talk about his techniques because it is not fbi approved and it's very um crazy so let's talk about it isaac you wanted to bring that up yeah because i noticed there are contrasting aspects to his detective skills um obviously there is the strange aspect throwing rocks at a glass bottle to see which name they should inve- whose name they should investigate using Tibetan techniques he learned in a dream, which he, he said, emphasizes to Harry, yes, I did. I learned this in a dream. 
and then of course the dream sequence that he has but at the same time it seems like he gets away with it because when he's not using those techniques he's still extremely good at his job he's hyper observant he looks at the tape that they found in Laura's bedroom and he takes a he took a a close up picture and he sees uh, Bobby was it Bobby? the motorcycle I'm sorry, James. 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 James, James's James. motorcycle James. headlights in, reflected in her eye, so which was insane. Them, yeah. Which reminded me of uh, that scene in Blade Runner, man, where Decker's looking at that 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 photo. He's like mm-hmm. enhanced, and he sees that woman behind the door in the mirror, and it comes. I don't know if you guys seen Blade Runner, but like you know, it comes over. Yep. He, he's like slide to the to the left, uh, you know, three hundred seventy-five meters or whatever. He sees a woman behind it. It was this real small picture in a mirror but he's able to see it on the other side it's, he tells uh, another person's in the room and it's really reminding me of that scene in Blade Runner which is really cool and there are other times where uh, they go to meet Josie at the sawmill and as soon as she walks away he turns to Harry and says so how long have you been seeing her <laughs> yep. and just from out of nowhere oh, good. <laughs> and even when he's interviewing people he's just watching their movements and he can just it's like he's like a human lie detector yeah so oh, yeah. I think I think that's why he's able to because we see all that stuff before he starts talking about his dreams yeah. and the things he's learned from them, that's why they don't toss him out of the town. Yeah. Because he shows that he actually can be a good detective while also having a couple of unorthodox ideas. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me where he, him and um, Agent Albert Ronsfield. Ronsfield? Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, where he's just like, you know, the next case, I'm going to be working with it. And Albert's like kind of skeptical. And he's like, no, I can feel it. And so Albert's like, okay, is the next case going to be a male or a female? He's like, it's a female. And then Albert's like, is what color hair does she have? And Cooper's like, she has blonde hair. And Albert's like, you know, that's like half of the people in the world and this and that. And then Albert asked him, I forgot one more thing, and he it was like very precise, like, um, what is she doing right now? And he's like, oh, she's preparing food, and it goes toward to back to Twin Peaks where Lara is working with Meals on Wheels. And it's just like, it's crazy how he can predict some of the things that are happening and like some of the dream sequence, how he uses that as his influence on solving the case. You know, it is it is believed that every person has some sort of psychic ability and that most people don't believe in it, so they don't facilitate it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Agent Cooper not only believes it, facilitates it. He embraces he, it. I- exactly. Yeah. You fully, know, yeah, fully embraces it. Yeah. He has this just incredible intuition where I think we all have those moments where we kind of get this like gut feeling where, where we know, but then we question. We immediately question. He doesn't right. have that that second question. Like he he has this this feeling and he goes with it. He, it's like he he's like, I have all these skills and, and natural abilities and that I just count this as another tool in my tool belt you know and he looks into it he he's like oh is it a dream or is it you know is it something that happened is like or is it something that i'm actually experiencing and this could actually mean something let me try it out so he's almost scientific in his you know metaphysical type of 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 uh, experiences he's also not afraid to say like i don't know 
Yeah. Like he, he's mm. he's like I'm pretty sure, but I don't really know. He's he's, he's like you guys are saying. He kind of he leaves it up to his gut and his his sort of he gets his something else that FBI agent probably shouldn't do. He lets his personal feelings uh, get involved with it, and it usually turns out for the best. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, he even he, the, even the way he speaks, he's like, so you know what happened? I don't know. <laughs> but it's like he's looking at. He's like, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to find out, you know. But this is just another clue. So let me. But yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that he's like, it's like, oh, how long has this been going on? And oh, I knew that you were there because isn't that your motorcycle reflected in her eye? It's like, so they're willing to take a sprinkle of, yeah. So I learned this technique in a dream and forgot about it in another dream, and you know, it's they're willing to take that. Along with, you know, the whole, you know, like, we'll you know, take a leap of faith because this guy obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It might be a little weird and a little unorthodox, but, yeah. you know, like the whole, you know, like, oh, the person who killed Laura Palmer's in this room. Hey, take that guy into custody. And, uh, yeah, you should come be his lawyer. Uh, and then, yeah. like, that scene was awesome. Because yeah. it's like it totally pulled. I mean. You knew what was going to happen, yeah. But it's like, wow! I can't believe he he screwed that up and made a mistake. And it's like, oh, no, he knows what's like, up. Yep, I. That's one of my other favorite scenes because where he, you know, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe that guy did it. But then you're like, no, 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 Cooper knows what he's fucking doing. Like he he doesn't fuck around. And I just, you know, I think that it's great to see someone with high authority. You know, say like, I don't know. You know, I make a mistake, and you know, it's it kind of brings that kind of human element into Agent Cooper. Um, oh yeah. So before we start wrapping things up, Ashes, I know that you wanted to um, talk about some theories that might be happening. Sorry, we we got a little bit of a. Uh, I feel I know. The Celtics just got the number one draft pick in the Hello. upcoming draft. Hi. Oh, nice! So excited! That's so fucking awesome! <laughs> Yeah, so I had, oh my God, the theories that I, I, I had. Now, some of them you were kind of put to rest with, you know, the continu- continuing to watch the series, yeah. but some of them. So um, after doing some, some research, because you don't get a lot of Agent Cooper's backstory mm-hmm. in the series. Apparently that happens with the movie, uh, the companion movie Firewalk With Me, and apparently there's also like a, a book companion yeah, piece and yeah. stuff as well. Stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. So initially, uh, Agent Nicole and I were having a conversation, I believe it was last week, as to um, whether or not Diane was actually <laughs> real. Yeah. Yeah, we were all talking about yeah. this. I thought maybe you- Diane was a coping mechanism. Yeah. Like either I- A, I'm like, did he name his table? recorder Diane like you know just to, to kind of have that's, a, not really that, that's not really that crazy though I mean you make a lot of sense yeah, except no. well, when he says hey Diane I got the earplugs you sent me it's like what yeah, yeah but, well, but see, you it, see the earplugs no you never see them you never see yeah you do you do you because he like exactly. almost eats one of them later on in the episode oh like, I miss that yeah it's like way before stuff that you've seen yeah but I thought you know that maybe he had already like packed them or whatever you know yeah. what I mean like hey thanks for for you know bringing almost like you know hey I, I misplaced them but I found them so I'm just talking into my tape recorder no I I, I agree because you know doing more research where he, you know he's had a tape recorder throughout his whole life and he 
talks about his adventures and then he deals with the de- death of Caroline, the love of his life, it's I'm like thinking, oh, maybe this is his way of handling things. Like maybe he needs to talk to somebody or quote unquote Diane to just cope with everything that's happening in his life. Like I can totally see that her not being real. But right. Like maybe he's um I, I got the whole like maybe he was kind of a loner. So by giving his tape recorder a name or talking to a fictitious person, I, I Diane, that maybe he was kind of filling some sort of void. I mean apparently that's not the the case. He actually has a legit secretary named Diane. Right. So you know my theories are out the freaking window. <laughs> um, but you know for for a while. I, I, while watching this I seriously thought that you know he was just kind of maybe damaged in some way and was coming up with all of these different theories as to oh my god like and I, I tried to not do any research while watching the show yeah. as well because I didn't I, want anything spoiled for me I kind of wanted to come up with my own uh, thoughts and opinions um, on my own versus having the help of the interwebs but yeah so I was a little bummed when I'm like oh Diane, Diane's real so alright that, that, that kind of bums me out too I, I, I'm kind of rather just keep thinking that she doesn't exist yeah. it's more interesting that way because I mean for me you know Agent Cooper is probably one of the most uh, interesting perfectly written characters like in like TV I don't know TV history or whatever you want to call it sick uh, you know, just television history because he's. I never, you never. I mean, no one ever sees anybody like that character. That character is something completely. He's like, you know, I think Isaac says he's like, he's like an alien. Yeah. He's completely different. Mm. But like, I like the fact that you never really know, or you never really get to see, you never see Diane. I mean, it's like she's just, she's just like a tape. I like, I like that the tape recorder is named Diane. It's a better idea, and then because he- that works works better with Lynch because Lynch, Lynch is an artist. And he just wanted to make moving pictures, and like he doesn't really. You know, if you see more of his films, um, you know it's it's whatever you take from it, because he'll never say yes or no to what you ask him. He's just going to be like whatever you whatever you want it to be. It's going to be that. That's literally what I was saying, Ashes, the other day. I'm like, don't. You're most likely not going to get an answer for. There's going to be a lot of stuff that you're like, oh, I wonder what happened, and there'll be tons of fan theories on it. But Lynch I, I is like, you, that's I, it. Like this is what I said, and that's. I've spoken my piece. So I, was, I bet you, if anything, Lynch probably didn't want that book written. Like, <laughs> he probably had nothing to do with that book. And somebody, like, this came up with, like, made Diane real. And he'd probably be upset about that. It's kind of the way uh, David Lynch is. Getting back to Diane, I kind of like the uh, implications that Diane is an actual person because then you got to realize, okay, he has an assistant, but he's not calling her so that he can relay this information quickly. He's not sending her letters. He is recording all this information on a, a cassette, which could be anywhere from 20 minutes to a half hour long. Yeah. We don't know if he's recording on both sides, but it's entirely possible that somewhere out there, a woman, every once in a while, will get in the mail a one-hour cassette filled <laughs> with information from her boss telling her what the time, what the weather is, what he did, and oh, by the way, I need you to contact so-and-so in yeah. Washington. Ro- rolling probably, her eyes as she transcribes yeah. everything. You know, it's, like, probably oh. just, it's probably just uploading straight to the cloud. Yeah. yeah. The 1989 My- cloud. And then for, uh, you know, when we initially uh, started the series, 
it's 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 a few episodes before you actually see anyone else from you know the FBI. Mm-hmm. So I had this whole theory that he wasn't actually FBI, or maybe he was at one point, but yeah. something happened. So I had this whole theory that he went crazy, and that's why yeah. he's so happy all the time <laughs> yeah. because he's locked inside his own head, and he just goes around and 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 you know still has his old badge, you know, kind of like a a toy prop yeah. or something that he shows, and he yeah. goes to these you know small towns who won't question his abilities you yeah. know because they're they're small towns you know and and kind of you know take not so, not so much takes advantage of them but you know re- reminisces about the glory days you know he goes to these small towns and plays fbi agent just like he used to be you yeah. know when everything is great and i mean until the you know uh, miguel farrar's character um you know the, the forensic yeah. the forensic oh, guy shows up and i'm like okay so so that so good. Th- that theory goes out the window <laughs> <laughs> you know, apparently he's legit. He's an FBI agent, but I f- for for a brief moment I had that theory. Like I, I was really engrossed control. with the fact that he wasn't really like. I mean, he used to be, but he wasn't really an FBI agent anymore. Yeah, I used to think there was no tape in the tape recorder when, yeah. I, was, when I first saw it. Yeah, I used to yeah. think it was. I thought he was just making it up when I was like fifteen. So I mean, I was way <laughs> wrong. But I, at one point, I thought he. No tape recorder in there, and because like I had never seen a character like that before. Like this guy is very strange. Yeah, I mean anything. Nothing is nothing is out of realm, like can be out of realm, the realm of Agent Cooper in the show because the show was so wacky. So you know. no, I agree. And one of the to wrap things up and to tie up with two of my questions, but the last scene and I Ash has already told you what happens where you know. Agent Cooper. La, 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 yeah, you don't listen. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. Um, where who's the real Agent Cooper in that? Well, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about it here. We were talking the real about housewife of Transylvania. Yeah, that last scene where you know he wakes up after getting out of the red room, the black and white lodge. Red room, and he wakes up to being back in his bed, and um, Doctor Hayward and. Harry S. Truman are there to, you know, be, you know, comfort him. And he's like, I'm going to go brush my teeth. Like, it's just so random. And then at the very last scene, you know, he's in the bathroom and he basically, Bob, the entity, the spirit, kind of is in him. And I'm thinking, is this the doppelganger that they talk about in the Red Room? Is it the fear that Agent Cooper might have has, you know, opened the pathway of Bob coming in there? Like, you don't know what, who... Dale Cooper is at that last scene like it's just up in the fucking air and it's kind of concerning because now I'm like how are they going it's like it's really really good it's like how's Annie well he needs to consult Dr. Hayward Dr. Fine and Dr. Hayward well anyways (laughs) I knew knew you'd get that joke (laughs) but it's like where with that theory how is it going to tie in with season 3 25 years later after Mm. the events of what happened with uh, He's probably Dale locked Cooper. behind one of those like Hannibal Lecter cages. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't. I, I comes think to that see him. It's going to start completely over. I don't think it's going to continue with anything from the second season. Really? Well, it takes place twenty five years yeah. later. So yeah, I we'll mean, learn little things, but not well, everything. Yeah, I know, but like, yeah, not everything. Well, you know, in that scene where it's him and Lara Palmer, she's like, "I'll see you in twenty five years," and it's like, yeah. okay, and then with "Walk with Me," uh, "Fire Walk with Me." that last scene with Agent Cooper and Laura Palmer, like, you kind of don't know. Like, Agent Cooper is still in the red room. 
So are we getting the doppelganger? Are we getting Bob in Dale Cooper's body? Like, I like I'm curious to see if it's going to answer any questions. But then again, it's David Lynch. You might not get the answer, but it's like I'm curious to see what's going to happen in season three. Can I talk about a theory that I have? Yeah, I guess ashes. Go ahead. Um, Okay, so my theory is that they're all dead. Like Twin Peaks. No, 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 no. Just, just hear me out, okay? And then the smoke monster comes. No, 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 no. Okay, just, just shut your mouth, J.J. Abrams. Um, It's a mystery box. No, no, no. I think, I think that you know, I think everyone in Twin, I think Twin Peaks doesn't exist. Everyone in Twin Peaks is dead, but they don't know that they're dead, right? And then when they start to get some sort of... Yeah, exactly. And then when they start to get some sort of like semblance, like maybe I'm not really here, they go into the Red Room, which is purgatory. And then the White Lodge is... Kind, yeah. kind of, yeah. You know, and then like the White Lodge is obviously the nice, happy place. The Black Lodge is the not so nice, happy That's place. H-E-C-K. It sounds like Rugrats adult, fi- adult version <laughs> where Angelica's like thinking everybody's dead and all that. Rugrats does Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm Chucky. Um, but I know, ever. right? That, that's like my fucking. That's a bingo. That's a bingo. <laughs> yeah, that's a bingo. <laughs> um, if it okay. makes you feel better, I never watched Rugrats. So that is the best Chucky impression <laughs> I've ever you. heard. In my life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. Damn fine impression. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. <But> anyway- <laughs> But anyways, no. That's just a, that's just a theory. I'm, so yeah, I'm, no, I'm like, eager to see, you know, what they do with the whole 25 years later mm-hmm. Twin Peaks revival and stuff. Um, but I think they're all dead. <laughs> you know, it's weird if you watch Fire Walk with me. I mean, I'm Nicole. I think I don't know if you've seen it before, but like, I mean, I've seen parts. I watched David, it last night. The character of oh, okay, uh, the character of David Bowie. Like, oh my god, yeah. He changes. He changes a lot of shit. Like in the world of Twin Peaks. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that character he plays is. You know, it's it's a trip. I'm see. I, I wanted more of him in that film. I really wanted more. Oh, me of him. too. I don't me think too. they're they're real people. I think they're like a construct of somebody's imagination. Because think about the names of the people at Ben and Jerry, <laughs> Harry S. Truman. Like all these names seem to be like you know really like. Oh my god! Do you think? Do you think this is all happening in Dale Cooper's head, and he's in some it like a sane asylum somewhere, like if rocking it ends back and like forth? Like goddamn in a saint elsewhere, I'm gonna be pissed. And it's like <laughs> an autistic oh, kid playing with a saint. snow globe. Uh, <laughs> what if it ends with like Newhart? Yeah. Yeah. Agent Cooper wakes up next to um, what was it? Shirley? Yeah, yeah. Shoot, I can't remember her name. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. a dream. <laughs> What's Family Guy? Yeah, so I, I think this is where people get the most what frustrates uh, twin, uh, people about Twin Peaks the most they're looking for answers yes. in something that doesn't have answers yeah. it's almost yeah. like trying yeah. to find a plot in a Radiohead album or like a piece of jazz oh, yeah. <laughs> you, just got, you just gotta take it all in you just have to appreciate it for what it is accept the ambiguity it's like yeah, the yeah. end of a um, like the end of don't you love it when just words and nouns just disappear oh, yeah. from your yeah. brain oh just, yeah Inception. Yeah. Like the end of Inception, yes. everybody's yes. like, was it real? Is he still in that the dream? That fucking just movie pissed go, me off. Just go with it. it. it, it yeah, it ends Don't, with the, the spinning. And enjoy yes, the yes. ambiguity. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy the fact that yeah, you can put yeah. your own spin on what certain things mean. 
Well, That's how you got to go into Twin Peaks. Yeah, I just have one question about the show that yeah. I don't know if it gets answered or not, but why the fuck is everybody cheating on everybody else? God, oh my God. I'm so glad you noticed that. <laughs> oh my God. Like, that's the one thing. We're sitting, I don't get it. We're watching it. We're sitting on the couch, and he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? And he turns to me, and he goes, everybody cheats on everyone in it's Twin <laughs> Peaks. I literally did it just like that, too. It's like, instead of trying to map out the subplots and the main plot, it's yeah. mapping out who's fucking who and who's done it with who. And Okay, so so he likes her, but she's fucking him, and then he's fucking her, but they're kind of lustful like, for each yeah. other. And it's like James, James is the worst, though. Oh, my he's, God. He frustrates the shit out of me. I'm like, you know who? He, he was driving me nuts. Because I'm sitting there, I'm looking at that. I'm like, who is this you're asshole? Hate, you're who is this asshole? Yeah. Who is this asshole? Yeah, you're not gonna like him. Second season, but like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know who that is. That's the motherfucker that killed Willie Santiago in A Few Good Men. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's that's the fucking guy. <laughs> Me, I'm like, when I was oh, watching shit. it, I was like, I love David Lynch's character Gordon Cole and how he oh, he yeah. interacts with Shelley. I'm like. OTP baby OTP One tree pair I hate Bobby I think what? Bobby's What the hell's One tree pair One tree pair Don't worry about it You don't know the lingo No I don't <laughs> Don't worry about it <laughs> You said one tree pair I'm like what the hell's A true, tree pair True could, could you help me out I'm on the wrong there, I'm on the wrong side of 40 I don't know the words anymore like, <laughs> Okay In my like Since I Like my young crew Quote unquote It's like when people watch television shows or movies, they sh- they call it shipping characters together. Like, I like this character with this character, and they should have like a love triangle. Or like it's kind of like two people sh- can't make a triangle. Wait, 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 no, no, I've heard of. <laughs> sweetie, sweetie, it's it's called OPP. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. There you go. Thank not, you. Not OTP. Yeah, <laughs> you can find that out at the. O- you, know, you make it. At you the, guys make an interesting point. Yeah. Like, uh, yo, Joanna was watching the, is watching the, the show too. Yeah, I and saw her. She's, uh, she's like. Yeah, she's watching the show. She's already um, she's got she's almost done with the show, and she's like, "I think I know who the killer is, but I'm not sure." I'm like, "It's it's weird, right?" It's like you, you do see who the killer is. You find out who the killer is, but like you're like at a point, you're like you're so wrapped up in everything. You're like, "Wait, did I see the killer already?" Like, yeah. was that the killer? Like, you never. It's weird. It's a it's a it's a weird like only Twin Peaks could do that to shit to me because like everything else is pretty much cut and dry. Yeah, not Twin Peaks. Right. Yeah, it's one of those. I I went to Agent Nicole shortly after watching it. I think we were halfway bet- uh, through the first season, and I asked her. I said, "Do we find out who the killer is?" And she said, "Yeah, absolutely." I'm like, "I think I know who it is," and she was like, "Who?" So I told her, and, and she didn't say she didn't say anything, but she was like, "Okay," and I'm like. I don't know why, though. I'm like, but I have this feeling and just, you know, kind of using analytical techniques and stuff, just analyzing this character's behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, I was able to deduce and I was right. I guess the character. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I I couldn't for the life of me. I'm like, but why? And then all of a sudden, you know, I I know why now, thanks to the second season. But, you know, first season, I'm sitting there. I'm like, it was him. I know it was him, but I don't know why. And then, you know, obviously all is, well, that's one of the things that all is revealed. Not a lot is revealed, but all is revealed as far as the killer and stuff goes. But I agree. um, Yeah. So it's, but I kind of, I like teetered a little bit too. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure it's this character, but what if it's this character? No, I, when, when you mentioned that, 
when Leland Palmer was the killer, I was like, oh, like when I was watching, uh, spoiler I was like, alert, kiddos. Well, I already gave that spoiler <laughs> earlier. But I was, I was like, guessing Andy. That's some brutal shit. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like even like within like first couple episodes, I was like, it's the fucking father. It has to be the fucking father. Just, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, there. I'm like, why he's he's acting so weird? I'm like, okay, I know every. I, I told Nicole this. I'm like, I know everyone grieves differently. Yeah, but he he's, is just so over dramatic. He's yeah. clearly hiding something as, as opposed to his calm, lucid wife. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, but you know, but, She's but fun one, to watch. one was more believable than the other, yeah. though. Like a mother's grief, like you could see that. But the father was just weird. Oh, and, I, but then yeah. it was trying to figure out, like, why do I feel this way? Like, why is he the killer? And then yeah. ultimately, you 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 find out and stuff. And, and it's kind of like, okay, that kind of, like, kind of, he knows not what he does type yeah. of situation. He's Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's weird because, like, you know, when you're watching any other show, you're like, okay, that guy, he's not such a good actor. This guy, he's not the best. This guy's okay. With, like, Twin Peaks, it's like, I, I can't say yay or nay because everybody is fucking weird. Yeah. So like, I don't, I can't tell like, because <laughs> you guys got you got who the killer was way quicker than I did. I just like, I was like, I like, I don't know who the killer. Is. I, I forgot who the killer is. Who's the killer? And it came up with like, oh shit! I should have called. Should have saw it coming like a, a million miles away. It was Diane but, the whole time. <laughs> it was Diane. Damn Diane. It's a tape recorder come to life at night. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You know, but hey, like, you've, re- you've read some, the Mangler. I'm saying it's some Tibetan curse, you know. Yeah. <laughs> curse. She, she was sick of talking to him in per- person, so she killed somebody in Twin Peaks, and so she, he could go there, and she just had to deal with the cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what a great conversation about Dale Cooper, and I'm really excited for Twin Peaks. I hope everyone is as well. And before we oh, go, yeah. on, before I go on break, I'm going to say this one quote by Dale Cooper. Harry, I'm going to let you on a little secret. Every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Don't plan it. Don't wait for it. Just let it happen. It could be a new shirt in a men's store, a cat nap in your office chair, or two cups of good, hot, black coffee. Why you got to bring race into this? (sighs) Go fuck yourself. And on that note, (laughs) let's go on a break, please. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebag. 
lovely song was done by Jeremy McFarlane. Yay, Jeremy! Woo! Is that Bryce? Yeah, I just talked to him. Just Bryce, what's up? Bryce. <laughs> he don't want Bryce. to talk to you. <laughs> hey. There is no Bryce. Hey, Let me meet him up. <laughs> it's like Diane. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, Jeremy. I know that was you. <laughs> bye, bye. All right, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> All right. So we have a feedback and a voicemail. So which one should we do? The voicemail. Do the no. voicemail first. Well, why don't we do the email because it wraps up. Then why would you okay. ask me that question? <laughs> Jesus. Ha ha, fooled you. Which would you and like you to do? You chose wrong. Well, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> As I said before, I feel a lot of love in this room. You should see us at work. I do too. I'm even there. All right, let's do the email first. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read you it? You read it because I'm really losing my voice. <laughs> All right, well, let me pull it up because I, I thought we were going to do the other thing first, but, you know. So this is an email from First Time Mike who is now repeat offender Mike, because he has uh, contributed <laughs> multiple times on the show. Can we call him Rom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a space knight. So it says, Hi, Patsy, Agent Nicole, Ashes, and Johnny. This is your friend, first time Mike, hailing from fabled Milwaukee. I don't know how, how many fables take place in Milwaukee, but, you know, I'll, uh, I'll allow They it. have a great brewery. It's a fairy tale land in my book. According to... Uh, Futurama, it's the most romantic city on earth. So he says, hope all is well with you crazy cats. Before I get into my love of Twin Peaks, I'd like to say how much I truly enjoyed the interview with Samantha Newark and all your talk about Gem and the process of making cartoons. The sense of fun and wonder totally came through and I thought Ashes was a great lead for the interview. I had a smile for most of the morning. I hope you guys will do more interviews. We will too. If anybody knows Ray Park. Oh my god! <laughs> um, wait, can I just thank you Start so much? Mike, yes. that was so nice. I had so much fun. Like it was very difficult to try to keep it together, and and I had a smile on my face the entire episode. To interviewing her was just a a, a, a gift. She is amazing. She is such a delight, and um, I, I hope to. It was a damn fine interview. It, it was. It was. She it follows was on Twitter and Instagram. Now yeah, too. she now uh, we're now Instagram friends. Yep. So I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that we are best friends now. I am now best friends with Samantha Newark. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure there are some slumber parties in our future, so, you know. But but anyways, thank you so much, Mike. Okay, so now, Twin Peaks. I was a David Lynch fan since I saw his version of Dune on Hobo. I don't know what that is. It's just three-letter HBO. I don't, I'm not familiar with it. So a Lynch mystery series drew my interest. My dad taped the first episode for me since I worked second shift. His review was simple. That was pretty strange. You'll like it. I have to say, first time, Mike, I think that was a pretty good impression of your dad. <laughs> the so best I one I've sold. ever heard of his dad. <laughs> See? <laughs> the strange blend of, blend of small-town mystery, soap opera, mythic resonance, and quirky characters appealed to me. Sure, I wanted to know who killed Laura Palmer, but I was having fun on the road to the answer. And when the answer was revealed, I wanted to stick around and see what happened next in that small town on the edge of dreams and nightmares. Plus, I had a crush on Sherilyn Fenn and Madchen Amick. Ah, oh, she's yeah. gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I can see that. Twin Peaks is definitely a strong ensemble show, and Dale Cooper is 
the quirky but highly effective center. What I like about Cooper is that he is the union of rationality and mysticism. And that's funny because we actually said that earlier today. He uses both interchangeably and is able to navigate the strangeness of Twin Peaks in a way that baffles the people around him. While his quirkiness leads some people to underestimate him, Cooper shows himself to be a dangerous individual to tangle with. However, his past and the spirit world around him will lead him down dark paths. Deputy Hawk sums up Cooper for me with the phrase from Season 2. Cooper, you may be fearless in this world, but there are other worlds. That's all I got. Love you guys. You are, as the kids say, the bomb. Capitalized the T and the B in that. Ooh. Uh, take care of yourselves, and until Slenderwick Bunch of Snacks plays Gem, make mine throw down Thursday. First time Mike. <laughs> P.S. Johnny, you read my words real good. Take some money out of petty cash and get yourself something nice. <laughs> Both nickels. <laughs> I wish we had a petty cash. <laughs> I would. <laughs> well, no, it's actually money with uh, Tom Petty's face on it. I don't want it done. Thank you, first time Mike. For <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. So yeah, we we have a voicemail uh-huh. from somebody, uh, some guy. <laughs> I don't know, it's some guy. You'll hear his voice, and we'll probably figure it out. What's up, Throwdown Thursday and Jeremy and Johnny Wolfenstein and Isaac. Thanks. How you doing, family? I hope you're doing well. I have a question uh, for my buddy, Agent Nicole. Agent Nicole, a few weeks ago on uh, our crazy show, me and Raven Shades uh, casted the Justice League International. Um, I would be curious to see who you would cast as Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And for a bonus question, because I know that we are big fans of his... um, and both big writers of uh, Nightwing slash fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you cast as Dick Grayson? Uh, thank you very much. I love you guys. See you later. All right. I just have we to say. We love you too, Mars. I have love to say right. one thing. There's there's only one answer for who should play Booster Gold and and Blue Beetle, and that's Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion. That is a good. 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 I mean, <laughs> but the only he didn't other. Ask you. The only other. The, uh, the the only other combination I would I would have play them is Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. That's a good too, hmm. but he didn't ask you. He asked me. Listen, I don't care. I know you don't care because I already answered the question. Well, now what sucker? Just talk about Dick. <laughs> My best friend has a shirt that I gave her that says I Nightwing Dick, but I was like, it looks like a heart, so you love Dick. But anyways, Nightwing um, is not a verb. Fuck yourself. <laughs> oh my God. Shut up. Anyway. Um, Mars, awesome question. I have not gotten to that part of trickle, tricker. Oh my God. Trickle teat radio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rebranding right there. <laughs> um, Thanks so for the memories. I'm sure. Uh, trickle, tr- trickle teat. <laughs> yes. 250 episodes. Yes. Time to rebrand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. You're welcome. Brand um, new episode one. I'm sure your, your choice for. Um, Booster Gold is probably Ryan Gosling, but um, for me, if it was Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, um, Booster Gold, I would use Army Hammer, who was in The Man from Uncle. He's the Lone Ranger. He has the aesthetics of Booster Gold, and he's a charismatic, charming guy. I think he would play the character flawlessly. For Blue Beetle, I have two actors in mind. 
One would be John Krasinski from The Office. I, he's just a comedic actor. He was, also, he's just, he was almost in a superhero film. He was. He was actually Star Lord. No, right? no, 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 no. He was up against uh, Chris Evans for Captain America. Oh yeah, no, I know. Um, <laughs> Star Lord, I can see. Star Lord was Captain another, America. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Um, but I think uh, Kosinski would bring such a wonderful comedic aspect to Blue Beetle because he's just a funny character in general. The other character um, actor would be Zachary Levi, who plays Chuck from the television show Chuck. So essentially the same guy twice because yeah. they look and act exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be same same way as he's just funny and he's done a lot of action sequence and I think he'd be great for that. For Dick Grayson, that's a really hard one. There's a few that comes to mind. If Matthew Boomer, who was in The White Collar, if he was a little bit younger, I think he would be a great Dick Grayson. I um, love how you pause every time. You're like, great <laughs> Dick Grayson? <laughs> um <laughs> An unconventional choice would be uh, Stephen Yen from The Walking Dead would be a good one. Ooh, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn. Um, Finn Whitrock from America Horror Story, who plays Dan Dancy or whatever, would be a great, um, great uh, dick. <laughs> 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 um, Keep pit? talking. <laughs> <laughs> I have to interject a second and while you while speak you, slower. <laughs> while you gather yourself from and, thinking um, about Dick. Well, hold on. And then the other two would be um, English actors Sam Riley or Douglas Booth from uh, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombie. I think they would bring some good aspect to Dick Grayson. So those are my choices. So <laughs> yeah, you, you love the aspects of that Dick. Uh, I will say if if uh, John Krasinski plays one of them, then you have to cast Rain Wilson as the other. I mean, it'd be funny, but I yeah, no. Actually, so. side note: Rain Wilson in was it okay. Super? 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 Shut up, crime! Yeah. Oh, I, I also just thought of if uh, Ryan Reynolds was not Deadpool, I think he'd be great with um, Jake Gyllenhaal as Booster Gold and uh, Blue Beetle because they're just they're comedic relationship in real life. Blue Beetle? Yeah, Blue Beetle. Yeah, they would really... Seth Rogen and James Franco. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got, I got a pairing. Pick for all right, Blue right. Beetle and uh, Booster Gold? What'd you say? For Blue can Beetle? I do a pick, can I do a pick for the Blue Beetle and Absolutely. Booster Gold? Absolutely. Sure. Blue Beetle, uh, Crispin Glover, and uh, uh, Booster Gold, Michael Shannon. Great. That would be a hell of a fucking pair. <laughs> Wait, is this like like scary? Like like Willard and fucking like? Oh, for sure, that'd be great. Uh, uh, Isaac, you have okay, a pair. I was pairing? gonna say, okay, uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, Tim Nice and Uncle Polly. <laughs> and, and if you don't want to see that movie, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, <laughs> That would definitely be... Bobby uh, Chains, of course, would be Superman. But uh, to Mars, hey, uh, if you want to talk more of like dream casting, let me know, because I totally have like a whole list of people. Sega dream casting? No. I, say, I have a question. Yeah. Yes. Who are those guys? <laughs> uh, Booster Gold is a guy from the future who has like a bunch of gadgets and shit, but he's not like Iron Man. Inspector Gadget. And Blue Beetle is. Uh, well, I know Blue Beetle because we did we did an episode with yeah, Mars yeah. Say, on Blue Beetle because we that was way the hell back uh, episode and we did four talk Beatles about Mars. Yeah, we three. did talk about some dream casting because mm-hmm. obviously he was thinking if. Um, 
Chris Hemsworth not being Thor, he would be a good Booster Gold, which I could see. He's funny. Yeah. 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 And well, who's, Booster Gold's got like a little robot. Yeah. A little robot in the future. Who's and, Dick yeah. Grayson? D- um, he used to be Robin. a Robin. Oh, He was okay. the Robin from the 66 TV show. Okay. Yeah. So he is, was Robin, and then it was... Jason Todd was next. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, always, I, get the, I get the... And then well, there's Tim Drake. Drake. Tim Drake was Robin while Batman snapped him in half. Carrie Kelly was Robin during The Dark Knight yep. Returns. And then there was a series where Stephanie Brown, who was the spoiler, came in as Robin, who, when Tim Drake was gone for a little bit. So there's just, like, so many Robins. And, and then there's uh, the surrogate son, Damien. Yeah. Yeah, 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 between uh, him and uh, Talia. Talia well, the infamous one, uh, Jason Todd. Yeah, he's infamous because DC did this contest. They set up a, uh, a situation phone, where phone service thing. Yeah, they set up. A, I think it was like a nine hundred number. Yeah, there were and two people of them. Could call yeah. in and they could vote. Okay, they put out an issue where uh, the Jason Todd Robin was in peril, and you could vote whether or not they killed Robin. Yeah. Spoiler alert, they did not vote no. It was like two to one. It was like, it was awful. And I just smoked. thought of another person who could play Dick Grayson. Um, Taryn, or Taryn um, Edgerton. Edgerton. Yeah, from the Kings. I don't, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know Kingsman's, who that is. Kingsman. I know the name, but I don't. Yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, the, and he's the really from Kingsman? Yeah, he, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. he's a great yeah. actor. He would definitely bring a lot of new generation into the comics and kind of bring a cult following as well so sorry okay we're good there you go mars i hope you enjoy those answers all right so we got our email we got our voicemail we have a battle have to, to talk reveal about. our battle winnings um you want to go ahead oh i did i actually <laughs> <laughs> um so last week's battle we talked about battle of the girl bands and it was gem and the hologram holograms versus josie and the pussycats and of course gem won yeah yeah motherfucker as it should be <laughs> yep I so I, I do have um so rocky had posted what about like the archies or the banana splits and my response to that is, who? What about, <laughs> wait, what about the band that Jabberjaw was in? Remember he played drums for somebody? Yeah. I don't remember the name um, of the band, but he was a shark that played drums, sure. and he sounded like Curly Howard. But I think with that... This the, is a real thing. Just trust us on this. Okay. <laughs> I, have, um, I, have, I have one more thing to say. Hold before on. Before we, you do oh your thing, I want to say thank you to Mr. Isaac, and thank you to Jeremy for coming on the show, and... Can't wait for next week's episode where we talk about Daria Morgendorfer with another special guest. From hint, she's from Atlantis. Aquaman. Looking forward to it. Yes. So, okay, Patsy, before we end the show, you have a quote. I do have one quote from the show, and it's probably my favorite quote. Through the darkness of future past, the magician longs to see. One chance out between two worlds. Fire, walk with me. And on that note, we will see you next Thursday. Thursday.